Hey guys, welcome to Learn Feng Shui, where you'll learn Feng Shui from a classical point of view, taking out the myth and superstition. If you like weekly tips as well as fun folklore tales, you'll enjoy learning Feng Shui with me. Hey guys, let's talk about some of the top concerns people have when doing Feng Shui. Kind of looking at feng shui and looking at, you know, the concerns we may have when we're doing feng shui, the biggest consideration and the biggest thing I see people ask about is colors. Colors, it drives me crazy because colors actually only plays a very small part in your feng shui, depending on what style of feng shui you do. With classical feng shui, it is said that the most important thing, arguably, depending on the school you follow, is what is called feng shui forms. So feng shui forms are actually the way your space is set up. Remember that feng shui is actually, it comes from the five arts of Chinese metaphysics into the category that is called physiognomy. And for that reason, it's the appearance in the way our, our space is shaped around us. So it's literally the flow and the appearance of our space. And of course, color can be included in that. But again, it's only said to be just a very small portion. The only way color makes a very large impact in our space as if we have an excess of color. So I think we've all seen homes where maybe, you know, the, the, people that live there, their main focus is like, you know, they love the color pink. So everything is pink in their house or they love the color black. So everything is black in their house. So when you have this type of thing, yes, it means that it could be an overabundance of that element because it's, it's making a larger impact if that makes sense. So just like one little wall or some decorative touches does not add a, um, a lot of that element, if that makes sense. So for example, um, my room is in the, my office is, uh, is in the north of my home. And I really wanted to paint the wall purple to match my Learn Feng Shui logo so I can make some videos and have a purple background. Um, I did not really consider this when I decided to paint the wall. I didn't consider where it was at or what it was doing. So my advice is add the decorative touches anywhere you want and put your favorite colors out. But just be careful that if you do have excess of that color, that's the only way it's really gonna, you know, add an excess of that element into your space. But have fun with colors. The second biggest question I see is really about furniture and decor. You know, people, they start looking into feng shui and they think like, well, what, what can I put up here? Oh no, I, you know, I, I want to make sure I decorate according to feng shui principles, or I want to make sure I have the correct furniture according to feng shui principles. But in reality, again, the decorations and everything, just much like color, it's only a really tiny portion of your feng shui. So the thing you really want to concentrate as opposed to what furniture color, you know, what bedspreads you're putting on, it's really going to be, how is your bed receiving that chi? How is your door receiving the chi? How is your stove receiving the chi? You know, is there a shaw chi around you? Is there, you know, a wall that's causing a pointing, pointed a poison arrow to point towards your bed or your stove, you know? And so those are the things that is that, that physical part, the forms part, the visual part, that we consider most with classical feng shui. Now it is said that you do want to make sure you have 
a nice um, decor in your space. You want it to reflect how you feel. So I would definitely say, you know, it, it plays a part in the way we feel because of course, psychologically, the colors that are around us and the visuals that we have in our space, we want those to be appealing to us. And yes, they can serve as visual reminders for the goal we want to achieve. But remember within classical feng shui, it's more about the location or the sector that you are using and the direction you sit within that sector because you're always receiving a, a different kind of chi. Remember, each house has an area that has a very vibrant chi. It has houses, areas in your house that have a more like um, kind of chi that's a little um, less vibrant. Maybe it's going out of that vibrant stage and it's kind of a stagnant stage. And then there's chi that is negative in the house. And this is with every home. So the important thing is to recognize and to bump up the parts of our home that are receiving a good amount of chi, that xing chi or vibrant chi within our home. And we can, you know, bump those up and play those up and collect chi to disperse to the rest of the home. So that's really how you, you use classical feng shui. And again, just setting your bed and your stove, your front door, everything according to those feng shui rules, then you're really set up and you can add all those decorative touches. You can add the furniture you like, and it'll feel good. You don't have to worry so much about colors and, and decor. Another thing that I really see people really get concerned over is that they start learning feng shui and they think they're doing everything wrong. They're like, oh no, I saw this was, you know, the north was this or the west was that, or you're supposed to have these colors here or those colors here. Um, one thing to, to keep in mind again is there are very, there's so many schools of feng shui. There is a Western style of feng shui that is called BTB feng shui. I have many friends that practice this in the feng shui community, and it is more of a Western and uh, intent based feng shui. And it does introduce like life areas, like your career area, your relationship area, you know, your helpful people, your children. So if you see terms like this, know that you're following a Western style of feng shui. So there is of course the classical feng shui that goes off feng shui formulas, um, which is what I talk about. And then there's kind of one a little bit in the middle where they kind of use that eight directions and they'll lay the areas over, they'll fly the stars and everything, but they still refer to like the North as career or the West as children. So it's just, that's kind of like a little bit of a blend. And so even within those schools, there's different schools of thought. So remember, there's a lot of different opinions. What I would do honestly to tell you is to take things slow when you first start learning. Don't freak out and don't think that everything you're doing is wrong. So it's just, it's, it's okay. And really start slow. And um, the best thing to start with really is that decluttering and cleaning and just getting rid of stuff you don't want. You know, that's, that's always the go-to basic thing you can do with feng shui. And again, setting up your furniture kind of according to those, those rules, those commanding positions and, and things like that, that you're supposed to follow with at pretty much every school of feng shui will recommend doing that. So you know, don't get too worried and too freaked out that you're doing things wrong or you're have a decorated wrong or your, your space is not set up right. Because if you've been going all this time without having any issues, you could create issues if you start doing too much at one time. So my suggestion would just be to start, you know, I always tell people to start at their front door. That's always my go-to, you know, keep the hedges trimmed, make sure that you're the area in front and um, right inside your home is receiving a good amount of chi. Make sure it's decluttered and clean. Start at the front door and welcome in 
the chi through, through that front door, literally the mouth of chi to your home. So start there. So kind of playing off what I mentioned with starting to learn feng shui and worrying that you're doing it all wrong. Um, similarly, when you start classical feng shui and you start looking at things like flying stars and annual afflictions, you will freak out because you're like, oh my God, my house has this star combination or, you know, the annual star is here when there's a lot of factors to consider when we do a feng shui assessment. And so for, for that reason, I think it is best if you are very serious about feng shui to, you know, reach out to somebody that does the feng shui and to kind of learn from them because it's, it's very difficult to make an assessment of your own home. You'll always think something's wrong or you'll freak out and you'll think, you know, like you're doomed, right? And so looking at the annual afflictions, you know, and just kind of following and putting out items that they kind of recommend for those annual afflictions. Um, you know, the Southwest, of course, has that illness star, that two star, you could put metal there, etc. So when you're doing this, though, like I'm going to add that I really don't do a lot of feng shui placement within my home. I don't go through very often yearly and put a quote unquote feng shui cures. I don't I don't really use them only because I tend to just use the best areas of my home for the year. So this year, the North is amazing. Again, um, it's my office. I used it last year because I mean, I, I have to use my office space, um, but I just used it less and I did put some metal in the area because the two star was particularly strong in the North last year. So, um, you know, you kind of have to think, does it have any strength there? Is there anything wrong? You know, um, there's a bunch of factors to consider including, you know, what, what kind of chi, again, I talked about the sort of chi that you're receiving. If it's an area that has like a sha chi or a stagnant chi in it, maybe the effect will be a little bit greater. So there's so many things to consider as opposed to just the one yearly star or one annual affliction to consider. So that's something for you to consider and just don't freak out when you do feng shui. And if you need help, always reach out to somebody. Um, I've, practice classical feng shui, but I can definitely, I'm affiliated with the International Feng Shui Guild and they are an amazing source. Like if you just go to their Facebook page or if you sign up for their newsletter, they have all sorts of feng shui practitioners and you'll be able to find one that suits you. In lieu of Folklore Friday, I'll be going over the animal sign predictions for 2022. A couple weeks ago, I presented the animal sign forecast for the year of the tiger. And I really want to share this with the podcast, you know, community with you guys. And um, I wanted to do it in January and it just didn't happen. So I thought it was still timely information and you could still use this information. So remember that you are born under four different animal signs. Your The year you are born under impacts your social life, your, the, your friend circle, the way people see you. The month you're born can impact your career or your relationship with your parents. The day you're born can actually impact your relationship, so your spouse um, or your health. The hour you're born can impact your relationship with your children and your thoughts, feelings, and thinking. So remember where it depends on where these animal signs fall and what kind of area they'll impact. So keep that in mind. And do remember, I'll put a link below to my animal sign calculator so you can go check it out. And there is actually a set of notes that you can kind of, you can go to on the website and you can follow along if you don't happen to catch what I'm saying.
Every year, each animal sign will have a set of symbolic or auxiliary stars that are associated with it. And these can kind of tell you a little bit about how your year will go. So let's jump into it with the animal sign of rat. Your focus for 2022 will be to take care of your mental health, seek support and don't isolate yourself and be cautious to protect yourself from accidents. You have some stars called the Calamity Shaw, the Sky Dog, and those all kind of indicate accidents and the Sky Dog represents your mental health. So really seeking support for anything you may feel like if you feel like you have some depression, anxiety issues, it really is going to be beneficial for you to seek support and remove yourself from negativity around you. The Calamity Shaw, it really talks about due diligence, not just with your traveling and watching for accidents and just being cautious in that way, but your due diligence with investments and avoid co-signing for others this year. You also have a star called a solitary star, which reminds you to not isolate yourself. You may feel the tendency this year to do so. So if you're born under the animal sign of ox for 2022, my advice to you is to be ready for financial opportunity. It could be a good one for you this year. In terms of relationships, work and personal relationships, it should be pretty good. The only thing you have to be careful of is letting insecurities get you down and it would be a good year for you to start a new health regimen. The sickness charm is present for the ox this year, and it really, it just symbolizes that you need to be extra careful, start that health routine. You need, if you need to quit smoking, start exercising, or if you have any underlying health condition, you really wanna get that checked out this year. The red matchmaker is with you, so it could be good in terms of relationships, both personal and business. You could actually make a connection or collaborate with somebody this year, depending on where it falls in your chart. The golden carriage star brings financial opportunities. So remember to be ready for those opportunities. Also remember that it's not magic. So, you know, just because the stars are there, are you ready for them? You know, what have you done? Have you put in the work behind the scenes to have those opportunities present themselves to you? Something called the Surpassing Path Star indicates enhanced social status recognition, although you may end up feeling insecure. The Lonesome Star also gives you feelings of loneliness. So it's kind of one of those things where even though you have people around you and you feel like things are going good, it's like one of those imposter syndromes like, well, I still don't feel good. I still feel lonely. So just be careful and recognize that a lot of these stars, it's just the way we feel. It's not even... Um, you know, it's not a tangible thing. So it could just be the way you're feeling. Number three, the tiger, the tiger, of course, we're in the year of the tiger. So that means you have the grand Duke or the Duke's arrival star with you. So that really does mean that all more eyes are on you this year. It's almost like the, you know, you've been brought out into the sunlight and people can see you, which brings me to my next point. You do have to be cautious of accidents and underlying health issues in addition to possibly having secrets revealed that you kicked in the closet. So the hidden corpse star, it does indicate that it's like a body in the closet. So you may, you know, something may come out that you didn't expect this year. So if you have any secrets, be ready to confront those head on as they may be revealed. It is a really great year for you to, um, to do continued education. 
So if you've been wanting to go back to school or if you've been wanting to learn a new skill or something like that, it's a really great year for you to do that. It might be better for you to lay a little bit lower in your, um, in your career, you know, um, with the sword edge, it just makes you feel like you might be more daring in your decisions. So be cautious of taking on too many risks. Also be careful around sharp objects because that could indicate you could have an accident with a sharp object. So, you know, do things like make sure you wear your shoes on the beach and things like that. So just be cautious of things like that this year. If you're born under the animal sign of rabbit, it could be a really good year for relationships and networking. Um, you do need to be open to accepting help. Even if you have like a tough mentor, you can use the extra likability factor to network and establish business relationships. And you may find yourself dating a little bit more but it might be short term with the presence of what is called the peach blossom and the salty pool star. So the peach blossom, it has the connotation of attraction. Usually it's, it's kind of associated with like an unwanted attention, like an, but I mean, if you're trying to date, then it's, it's not a negative thing. It just means you more get, you know, may, may get more attention from, you know, potential suitors. You may look more attractive to them. You may have more flirting people with them um, because of the salty pool star. So the salty pool star, it does indicate like a flirty relationship, a short-term fling. So even though, you know, you may be wanting to date more this year, it might be a year where you're not able to find a relationship that's like super serious. It may just be more of like a, a hookup, you know? So be open to dating this year and recognize that, you know, hey, if that person's not here to stay, it's just, it's, you know, we can have a good time. We can go out and, and be friends. Right. Um, somebody did ask me in the talk, <laughs> you guys get the juicy details. Somebody asked me if it meant that their spouse was going to cheat on them. Cause that is the connotation. So I'll just say this. My husband has a rabbit, um, in he's born under the day of the rabbit, which is a spouse pillar. So maybe it means more, you know, may, he may attract attention. Maybe some ladies might notice him this year, but, he's not going to cheat on me. I mean, that's just, you know, like to say, you know, the desire is not there. Like we have a good relationship. It's, it's not going to happen. Right. Um, and you could take care of your partner in, in there, in that way and suit those needs for them, you know, without being too, too graphic here. So, you know, suit your partner's needs. Um, if you have a rabbit partner anyway, you'll, you'll know that it's, there's like a high drive and high desire for them anyway. So, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a peach blossom animal as it is. So, um, yeah, just, just, I would take a special attention to them this year. I would be more loving to them this year. I would, um, you know, given to different desires for them this year and just take care of them in that way. If you have a good relationship, you don't have to worry about somebody cheating on you. I mean, you know, like even if it's that kind of energy this year, you know, just like when, you know, when you have a secure relationship, you're not worried about that. You're, you know, that that's not going to happen. So yeah, I would say no, but I would say if your relationship is a little rocky, um, that is one thing that as, as a feng shui consultant, we're told not to, you know, to look at or to talk about with people because you don't know, 
you know, you don't really know what's going on in that household. And so, but I will say if you're having any relationship issues and you have a rabbit spouse, you know, you can look and if they have a rabbit in the day that they are born, I would look at that. And again, if it's a rocky relationship, I would definitely decide if it's a year you want to, you know, fix things that you want to reconcile, you want to do the counseling and stuff like that, because they just may have some opportunities that, that weren't there before. So I would pay special uh, attention to those relationships this year. If this is your spouse or you, you know, you might feel this way too. Just adult stuff. We gotta, we gotta deal with, right? Next is the dragon. So the dragon, of course, if so, if you're born under this animal sign, um, not a lot of notable stars, but the ones that are, it really is talking about focusing on your mental health with the presence of what is called like the funeral door, the sky cry. Um, it really is like, I would, again, the health stuff, I would definitely check your health and go to the doctor and start the new health regimen. Um, and I would definitely, it's, it feels like more of a thing where it affects the mental health a little bit more, the anxiety, the triggers, you know, the depression, there's a lot of water in the year, the element of water. And so it could trigger those type of feelings, but really finding life's positives, really coming to that place of gratitude and being truly grateful for what you have in the space that you're at, even if it's difficult and making genuine connections can really help you get through this year if you're born in the animal sign of dragon. So remember, you do have three other animal signs. And so this will only impact you in one way. This is actually, I mean, it's, this is the hour I was born. So, um, you know, it, this might affect my feelings this year, but you know what? It's okay. And I recognize that these energies, you know, they just, it's a phase every, like we all have them at one point or another. Nobody ever exclusively has a great year you know, every year. So we definitely have to work with things. And to me, I feel like it's more of a thing where if it's affecting you this way, it's definitely a year to get the mental health under control. Maybe go talk to somebody or, um, just really take care of yourself and give yourself some good self-love. The snake. So if you're born in the animal sign of the snake, you have some great stars this year. Congratulations. <laughs> you have problem solving stars. You have some stars that will help you with brainstorming, communication, and organization. So you do have the presence of the moon star. The moon star is there with you. And this is a star that helps you resolve issues quietly. So it can be help from a female or feminine nobleman, or it can be an a thing where just this year you feel like you have the the ability to kind of solve your problems quietly. So the moon star, it really is a problem solving, but it's like, you know, solving things with private negotiations. So it's that sort of type of thing where it's not out in the open. It's like, hush, hush, let's resolve it quietly. And it's taken care of. The only thing is you do have to be careful with the hook star. So the hook, it does represent miscommunication. Um, and so with this, I would say to really kind of practice clear communication and think about what you're saying before you say it, because people could take it the wrong way and also misplacing or losing documents. So I would definitely say this is a year that you need to be careful. You file everything correctly because it could be an important document. So you have to be careful to file things away, to put things away and, you know, and keep it organized or you could end up losing something this year. Next week, I will continue the other six animal signs. If you want to know what your animal signs are, you can follow the animal sign calculator link down below in the show notes, and you can download the notes also from the website. Hey guys, giveaway announcement. I 
really need reviews on whatever platform you listen on. So for the next, at least the next few months, if you leave a review, send me a screenshot to my email at learnfengshuinow at gmail.com. I will enter your name in a drawing for a natal chart reading. And you can only enter once. So, you know, just uh, leave the review, enter one time and send me a screenshot to my email, which I'll link to below and I'll put the details below and you'll be entered in a drawing for a natal chart reading. Again, I'll do that over the next probably until May because I really, 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 really need some reviews. For a free energy mapping of your floor plan, please check the link in the show notes. To support today's podcast, go to learnfengshui.com, sign up for emails, leave a review, and share with your family and friends.